brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier and on this podcast I chat with small business owners where we discuss their journeys, their perspectives, their pieces of advice, and sometimes I'll do solo episodes to share what has been on my mind. Now with me today are Maddie and Dan. Maddie is the COO and Dan is the co-founder and CEO of Tuckins. They make and sell inside-out s'mores, which is such an incredible idea. I love this idea. So it's basically exactly that, an inside-out s'more on a stick that you can buy and then roast over a fire and enjoy. I love their vision and they've really been able to scale and grow Tuckins in a huge way over the past five years, so in a very short amount of time. And their story is really incredible and they give really great advice in this episode. But before we hear from Maddie and Dan, as always, I'd appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcast app and on Spotify. Just helps others discover the podcast and in turn discover the small businesses that we support and feature. You can also follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the socials. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know you'll enjoy this episode, so let's get into it and hear from Maddie and Dan. Welcome, Maddie and Dan. Thank you so much for being on Virtual Coffee today. Yeah. yeah thanks for having us. Of course, yeah. Looking, looking forward to our conversation as always. So, kick us off. Uh, just introduce, you know, yourselves a little bit, and uh, maybe introduce us a little bit to your business, Tuckins. Sure. So, I'm Dan Zeplowitz. I'm one of the co-founders, CEO of uh, Tuckins, and we are a inside-out s'mores company. We hand make them. We sell them all over the country. Yeah. So, it's pretty much a graham cracker that's covered in chocolate inside a marshmallow. So I'm Maddie Vasallo, and I am the COO of Tuckins, another partner with Dan. And we've been doing this for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was five years. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Okay. So you, you have to back it up for us. How in the world did you come up with this idea? Like what was day one of the business? Just where did this, this idea come from? Definitely. So day one is probably more like 10 or 15 years back yeah, yeah. when wow. partners was just at a, at a campfire. They're making regular boring s'mores and he decided to put a piece of chocolate and graham cracker actually inside the marshmallow, roast it up and taste. And it was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then he, he actually sat on the idea for several years until it came up at a, I think a new year's Eve party and he brought the idea up to his now mother-in-law, Carol, who's our other partner. And so together, they kind of formulated the original prototype. And then they brought me on to start the business. And then Maddie joined as our first intern very early on and then has just grown with the company and become a partner herself. Yeah, that is incredible. And I, I love this idea for a product. And I love that the story starts with just a personal pain point, right? Like you were saying, just making s'mores. Hey, let's try this out. Wow, what a great idea. Um, I think it just shows ideas for businesses can come from anywhere, right? It doesn't have to be, I don't know, this like extreme moment in someone's life. Like it can just come from a little moment. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Exactly. What's kind of the, the day in the life 
for mm-hmm. you both with the business? I know you say, you know, you make them yourselves. Do you guys have a part in that? I'm always just curious kind of what your day is like and where you're involved in certain parts of the business. Yeah, for sure. So we actually have a full-time staff uh, in a kitchen. We So we're based in Philadelphia. We cook out of a community kitchen. So there's a bunch of other businesses in there. But we're in there full-time. We have about 15 Mm full-time staff uh, that comes in. So every weekday, they're making them. Dan and I will be in there every once in a while. But we also work in a co-working space a few miles away in Philly. And so we come in here. We work full-time. We also have a co-op. Uh, who she's full-time intern uh, at the college that Dan and I both graduated from in Philly. Uh, And so we're doing the day-to-day managing the online sales, marketing operations. We also have a shipping team that Dan's mom actually Mm -hmm. runs for us right outside the city near where Dan grew up. And so we have a little shipping team there that handles all of our shipments. So we're kind of scattered all over the place, but it's a big team that's really doing all this. Yeah. And, and I, I really wish I could give you an answer of what we do day to day. I would love for it to be consistent, but, um, you know, depending on the day, depending on the month, depending on the, the hour, we're either, yeah. you know, we're in the kitchen. I focus a lot on the kind of the long-term financial planning. Mm-hmm. Maddie focuses a lot on, on kind of the marketing and the strategy around that. Mm-hmm. So day-to-day, you know, we're taking meetings, we're delegating tasks, we're coordinating amongst ourselves, amongst our different teams, like Maddie said, our kitchen team, our back-end operations, our shipping team. So it's 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 uh, it's chaos, but we, <laughs> we, like, we, like, we like to say it's organized chaos, but yeah, yeah. I don't know how often that's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like a, a beautiful chaos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's incredible. Like the staff you've you've built up already and yeah, just the growth it sounds like you've had over the past five years is is truly incredible. And I'm interested in knowing if you both expected yourselves to go into this business, small business, owning and running your own business world, or did this kind of just come about and you took the chance? Um, and kind of off of that, depending on on your answer, any advice for others who might be in that moment of, do I pursue this idea? Do I go to do this my own business? Or do I go perhaps more the, I don't want to say traditional route, but, you know, the route of, okay, I went to college, got this degree. Now I need to find a, a corporate job in that area. Yeah. yeah. So I think Dan and I both, you know, through college, we're hoping to work for ourselves and work for a startup. That was kind of my goal when going into college. I grew up uh, with my family having a business. And so seeing my parents and my grandparents and stuff all working for it. uh, So that was something that I definitely was hoping for. So I actually, I got connected with Tuckins when I was a freshman in college. Uh, Dan came and spoke to one of my classes because he had just started doing this full time. So mentioned that they wanted help. So I saw that as an opportunity to maybe at least get some experience in a startup. Never expected, you know, when I was a freshman to actually become a partner in the company. So that's just kind of been crazy. But it's, you know, definitely always been a dream of mine to work for myself. Yeah, and, and I'm in the exact same boat. Both my parents had a business. When I was growing up like a younger kid, my basement was actually a carnival game and prize rental business. So like my <laughs> was actually a business. 
So I always said I wanted to run my own business and then people would ask the obvious follow-up about, oh, what are you going to do? And, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of my ambition. <laughs> I had no idea. So then when that original partner, his name's Jerry, who thought of the idea, he's actually a friend of mine from college. So he just presented me with an, the, one of the original prototypes of a tuck-in, I think it was July 4th, like 2017. And I always tell people I got really lucky. It was a good idea because I was working in an investment job at the time. I was unhappy there. I had always known I wanted to, you know, pursue this entrepreneurial career. So I just jumped at the chance and it turned out to be, you know, a, a great idea that we've been able to kind of expand from there. I love hearing business owners reflections on how they got to where they are now. And it sounds like, yeah, you both always kind of knew, yeah, want to work for myself or own a business a startup, you know, something in that area. And this opportunity just came in and you leapt on it. Maddie and I both run consulting businesses too, kind of after oh. we run tuckins for a bit. And I think we both have the same last. I don't even talk to Maddie. But <laughs> I mean, I, in, in my opinion, when people ask, you know, what's kind of the first step starting a business, obviously, you know, business plan, whatever, get the get all of your legal things in order. But at the end of the day, you have to kind of go for it at some point. There's never going to be a perfect yeah. time. Yeah. So actually just trying it. And even if trying it is renting a table at a farmer's market and giving it a shot, that's basically how Tuckin started. And we're like, yeah. hey, this works. Let's go. So, I mean, that's definitely my advice. Yeah, it's very true. And I know on this podcast, I, I sit with, you know, folks like yourselves and it's easy to talk about, yeah, I took the the leap of faith and it worked out, right? Because we're here to talk about your, your yeah. successful business, but also recognizing that, you know, folks might take and maybe you've experienced it, maybe you haven't, but you take that leap of faith and it and it fails, but that's okay, right? Like it's just, you got to try it and see what happens and know that likely that next opportunity is going to be just around the corner. Right. Exactly. And, and that leap of faith, the success afterwards, which I did not fully understand when I started the business, is definitely not linear. You're not yeah. going to go from point A to a successful point B. There is going to be so many ups and downs in between, which, you know, being naive kind of in the beginning is probably beneficial. But, you know, that's one of the things that I think people need to understand as well. But that's all part of it. Yeah, because I mean, like you were saying, you didn't realize we were around for five years. We didn't really start getting the name out until the past like little over two years. So that's mm. kind of, you know, before that, we were just kind of doing like little street festivals and stuff, just really Philly focused. We were kind of known around Philly, but it wasn't until recently where we really started, you know, driving the online traffic and stuff that we were able to really get the name out. So that's it's kind of like two phases of the business. Yeah, that's a great point, actually, because even and then failure is too strong a word, but it's more, Dan, how you're kind of saying the ups and downs, right? It's not yeah. always going to be up, 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 which is exactly what you yeah, were saying. Yeah. It's not going to be that consistent growth. You're going to have those know, mini failures, mini setbacks, whatever you want to call it. But if it's truly what you want to do, like, just keep going, keep taking those leaps of faith along the way. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate your your reflections. Want to get into the the products themselves? Um, describe, you know, some of the flavors you have. Don't certainly don't have to describe them all, but maybe some of your highlights. Just give us, give our audience a taste of of what exactly it is you sell. Yeah. So uh, our main flavor is the classic s'more. So that tastes just like your regular s'more. We have uh, a handmade graham cracker at the center. 
We cover it in chocolate and then it's inside a vanilla marshmallow. The marshmallow is homemade, so it's a little more gourmet, a little different than a Jet Puff marshmallow, which a lot of people end up saying that they really like. They're all on a stick already, so you just unwrap it and roast it and it's ready to eat. Uh, then we also have the cookies and cream flavor. So that's like a chocolate cookie at the center. And then it's a mix of milk and white chocolate and then the vanilla marshmallow. We also have a gluten-free and vegan version of the classic. Uh, so I'm actually vegan myself. So I normally eat those. And it's a gluten-free graham cracker, vegan chocolate, and then a vegan marshmallow. Uh, so people love having that option. And we also have other flavors that we do every once in a while. So we do uh, peppermint that we normally do mm. at the holidays. So we actually do a big holiday market in Philly during the winter. So we sell the peppermint ones there and then we bring them back every once in a while. Like we have them on our site right now. We brought them back around like Christmas in July because it's a very popular flavor. So people like to have those. Um, we also have done peanut butter every once in a while. I mean, in the past, we when we started, we were really just kind of seeing what would work. So at one <laughs> yeah. point, we had probably 12 different flavors. Yeah. And that just got too crazy from an educating our customers perspective, from an inventory perspective. So these days, you know, we mentioned our products are handmade. We're, we're making between about four and 5,000 units a week. So kind of limiting it down to that two or three flavors is, is just almost a necessity for us. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, our, our customers are definitely getting to the point where they have their favorites. We're noticing <laughs> yeah. the kids really love the cookies and cream. They get that double chocolate. Mm -hmm. And then the classic, you can't go wrong. And then our seasonal flavors are always a big hit, especially at our public events. Yeah. They all sound so good. I'm looking at the set again now. <laughs> And uh, yay for gluten-free. I just started my gluten-free journey. So that is awesome nice. to hear. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, these, they all just sound so good. Again, I just love this idea. And um, getting a little more tactical or in the details here, but when you ship them out, I guess what's their shelf life? You know, how long can I keep them in my closet? Do I need to put them in the fridge? Like what kind of happens when I receive them? Yeah, so we normally say they last sitting out for up to two weeks. Okay. Uh, that takes into account, by the time you get them, it should be around two weeks. So we actually store them frozen before we ship them because uh, they freeze really nicely. So they defrost on the way to you. Uh, you can leave them out for up to two weeks and then you can freeze them for up to three months. And they freeze and unfreeze very nicely, uh, which is very helpful for us. We're actually though in the process of hopefully getting new packaging that would enclose the entire product. So right now we wrap, it's kind of like a lollipop the way we wrap it, the marshmallow part and the stick sticks out. So that allows for air to get into the packaging. So we're hoping to enclose the whole thing in an airtight seal. Um, and then we would be able to hopefully extend the shelf life way more. And that would help with, you know, getting into more grocery stores and stuff like that. Excellent. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like you had to use them right away. So I mean, two weeks, that's yeah, that's that's pretty good. Thinking of your wholesale, like I'm just thinking of ideas of even uh, like a summer kids camp, right? Like partnering with them and give you know, them buying these in wholesale. I don't know. What's the what's the wholesale journey been like for you both? Any any highlights yeah. you want to share there? Yeah, I mean, it, in the beginning, it maybe be more like lowlights because we <laughs> um we weren't interested in wholesale at all, really for the first probably three years of the business. Mm -hmm. and, and that was strictly from an inventory and a margin perspective. You know, we were making as many as we could. 
and selling them at, you know, the retail price at, at that time was probably like $4 or yeah. maybe it at bulk rates for around, you know, three, three fifty. So in, in terms of wholesale, we really didn't explore that until very recently. until we started getting mm-hmm. our production up. And then I don't know what, I think actually a, an expo reached out to us and it like clicked off a light bulb that I don't know why we were never selling into large campsites before. But we ended up going to a, a convention that had like almost 100 campsite owners and we were like a massive hit mm-hmm. instantly. So we sold, I don't know, probably like 10,000 units that day. Yeah. Wow. And so from that and all these campsites are interconnected, we really started to break into that space. We started to break into some smaller mom and pop. And then like Maddie mentioned, once we get our improved packaging, we're really hoping to kind of start moving into those larger big box stores too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I really appreciate when businesses like yourselves are able to partner with even other small businesses or in your case, like, yeah, those campsites are perfect, like people to connect with um, and just spreading your idea and product as far as it can go. I'm glad you guys were on that wholesale journey. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and where are you able to ship? Is it just in the United States? Do you do international? Yeah, so right now through our website, we ship anywhere in the continental U.S., but then we like have notes on there. If people want us to ship, we actually, through TikTok, have been getting a lot of interest in Canada. So if someone reaches out and they're in Hawaii, Alaska, or Canada, we will kind of just send them an invoice for whatever the specific shipping is to those areas. We're looking into uh, including those rates on our website, but for right now, it's just easier to go case by case since, you know, Canada's so big and there's some people that are so far away. Um, but we have been shipping to places like that. We've also gotten a few interests in like Europe and random places like that. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. It's, it's good to know for the audience. And yeah, I can imagine, I know like shipping food is difficult internationally, right? Like it is possible, but it's a definitely a journey. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The customs thing is also weird too. We've had some packages that are held by customs. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we kind of want to look more into that. Yep. That's fair. That makes sense. Wonderful. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing some of those more, more detailed answers and details there, but, um, want to dive into both of your, we kind of dove into it a little bit earlier, but just advice you have for those wanting to start their, their business journey. You know, they have an idea they they want to launch it, or maybe they're currently a a business owner. Just what are those kind of top pieces of advice that come to your mind when, when you reflect on your journey so far? From my experience, the very first thing I did, so right after college, I worked in that investment job for, I think, a year and a half. And I had started Tuckins during that time. And then Tuckins was growing. I was getting unhappy enough that investment job. I ended up leaving at the end of 2018. And legitimately, the first email, the first thing I did was I emailed a couple of my old professors. And that's actually how I got connected with Maddie. And that's how we ended up growing tuck-ins by like employing college students. And, you know, Mm -hmm. from seven different degrees of separation got us to this point. So pretty much my biggest advice is, you know, if you don't have connections with college professors or whatever, is just networking in general and just speaking with people and getting your name out there and getting as much advice as possible. Because there are, you know, every business is obviously unique, but 
people have grown millions of businesses across all different types of industries. And there is so much knowledge out there that unless you're actually out there or virtually out there during the pandemic and talking with people, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard to attain and actually put to use. Yeah. And I would also say something else that we try to focus on is listening to our customers. Uh, so when Tuckins first launched, the product was not perfect. And that was, yeah, it wasn't that good. I mean, (laughs) the marshmallow, when I joined, the marshmallow was so hard. The graham cracker was weird. It's come a very, very, very long way, but it was known that it wasn't perfect when launching, but instead of spending a bunch of time, just hyper-focused on making what we thought was the perfect product. We just listened to our customers. There's been things as small as we were putting cinnamon on our graham cracker because we thought that there was cinnamon in graham crackers. And a bunch of people were reaching out saying, why does this taste like cinnamon? And we were like, (laughs) oh, we looked at a box of graham crackers and we were like, oh, there's no cinnamon in graham crackers? (laughs) So we like made that little tweak or, you know, if people have feedback about the marshmallow or anything for a while, our graham cracker was really hard because we were trying to get it crispy. And then we realized that we needed to be crunchy actually. So that was a big change for us. So just being open to that feedback and changing based on it has just been also very helpful. And, you know, we just kept thinking we knew what we wanted for the product, but actually what's most important is what the customers want because they're the ones actually buying it. Love it. Yeah. Great pieces of advice there. Networking and customer first. Yeah. Completely agree with both of those. I mean, on that, that networking piece, it's just, I find so many people are just afraid to, to talk to others. And like the worst thing that can happen is you don't get an answer or they say, no, thank you. And that's okay. Right. Just move on to the the next person. You just never know what connection you're going to make. Um, and then of course, customer first. Yes. Every business should be, should be customer first. Um, love, love both of those perspectives there. Do you guys have any tips and tricks or best practices for, getting it all done. And I'll I'll expand on that. So it sounds like you both know clearly a lot about tuck-ins. You have hats in almost every area of the business. You know, you're talking wholesale, then you're talking customer for like you have this wide depth of, of knowledge about the business. And I, even for virtual coffee, right? I have all these ideas and I find it overwhelming of where do I start? Like what idea do I go hard on or go deep on? And there's also the day-to-day pieces of your business that need to be run just any advice there and this is a selfish question of just how to almost compartmentalize or like focus on the one priority that needs to get done that day kind of a a vague question but any thoughts there yeah I mean I, I think this kind of ties back in in a way to us having a ton of flavors early on mm-hmm. and and we see this a lot with a lot of small businesses in the sense of like there's a trillion things to do of course But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there are certain things that absolutely need to get done in terms of growing your business or in terms of marketing yourself. So, I mean, I think our biggest thing, and we have the benefit of kind of having a nice staff that we can delegate out to and allow Maddie and I to really focus on like our huge project now is trying to get into our own kitchen and automate the facility. So what we try and do is we try and delegate things that kind of take away from that and focus on the, the main picture, the main goals of what we need to accomplish. So, I mean, that is a little bit more difficult in the beginning, but 
I mean, we've tried also plenty of different kinds of software to organize ourselves like Google Keep. I mean, I know we use and are obsessed with Google Calendar. how we track everything yeah but i would say overall is is prioritizing things and just trying to focus on on big picture items and if you can try and delegating things that you don't necessarily have to personally do away from you yeah Yeah. that's another great piece of advice and especially on that that delegating aspect um as you mentioned you know at first it, it is hard to do that right you can't always have um a staff or employees but in that case that goes back to another point you made of doing the highest priorities or the things that absolutely need to get done, grow the business based on that foundation, based on the necessities. Then once you are at the point of, okay, I can start delegating, then perhaps you can take on those more innovative ideas or like, let's try this experiment, kind of go from there while others maybe run run the day-to-day. Um, yeah, just I like that that picture that you painted there. Yeah, and, and it's it's extremely difficult. Like Maddie and I, right. especially early on, would catch ourselves getting in discussions for an hour over the, the littlest of minutia. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like, okay, but right, like what is this new packaging gonna look like? And we're talking about, you know, what's the design for this info sheet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it also helps when you like have multiple people to bounce things mm-hmm. off of because yeah, one of us might be focusing on something that just is not the most pressing matter. And the other one has to be like, no, 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 this is what's most important. We can deal with this. And even if it's like, we'll deal with this in a week, if there's other things that are more pressing that need to be figured out, we just need to figure out what is the best use of our time right now. Yeah, kind of doing those those gut checks, it sounds like. And going yeah. off of that, do you guys have trouble or maybe you're good at it of like shutting off the, the business thought, you know, to go hang out with family, friends, like live your life outside the business? Is Has that been difficult? I can imagine it is very difficult. What's your journey or perspective on, on that? And almost, I hate the word balance in this case. I just still haven't found a good word, but you know, yeah. kind of that life, work, business, like how to not just do the business 24 seven. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, we both are like chuckling over here because we, we don't <laughs> It's like something that we're always thinking about, especially because, you know, some of our college students, if they have a lot of classes during the week, they're doing work over the weekend. So we might be getting messages that way. I mean, a big thing for me is I get a lot of the customer calls go to my phone. Uh, you know, if someone calls the business and then we also have like a chat on the website that a, a customer is chatting and then they're trying to reach out. And so it's just tough because, you know, I was actually just at the beach this weekend with my family. And so my dad was able to, he owns his own business, but he was able to not get any calls, but he was thinking, yeah, tomorrow on Monday, I'm going to get a bunch of calls. You know, it's different in the industry when you're selling to consumers rather than he's selling other businesses, because, you know, I'm getting customers that are messaging me, you know, about a specific question they want to answer right away. And so I'm trying to like, get them their answer right away. So it is pretty difficult to just shut that off, especially because we were talking about delegating, but then I feel bad delegating to like our college students who aren't full time on the weekends and mm-hmm. answering questions from customers right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like the old joke of like when you were, I, was, I went from working 60, 70 hours in finance, making decent money to working 80 hours, you know, for myself. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but I mean, 
it's definitely something that we try to focus on. In the beginning, we tried to put on mental health breaks in our calendar. Oh my and, god! And then we got too busy. We just <laughs> yeah, we, we tried to put these mental health breaks every day. We had it in our calendar at like two o'clock or something because that's when we would normally eat lunch if we ate lunch. Yeah. And we just started ignoring them and then just getting pissed off that they were on our calendars. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm not sure if other small businesses experience kind of the craziness that we haven't usually like. 65% of the time it's positive. Like we're trending in the right direction. Yeah. So it's a little difficult to judge, but yeah, I mean, Maddie and I kind of being the two main point people on, like you mentioned, I don't know, seven different teams. It's a little crazy, but we're yeah. trying. I mean, the goal is once we kind of move into more automation and we're able to kind of grow out the teams a little bit, we are going to be able to delegate and, you know, focus on those bigger picture items and mm-hmm. have that. But in time, it'll be worth it, is what we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is uh, deleting those mental health blocks is so relatable. I think we've all tried that, and then it's like, yeah, no, this just needs to go off my calendar. Yeah. Like, it was like a week. The... It was like, well, can we do yeah. a meeting? It was like, yeah, forget it. Just uh... yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. But yeah, and I mean, even as you both were speaking, I was thinking maybe. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be shut off, like especially in the beginning, as you're both describing kind of that it is positive. It is what you want to do. And yeah, there's times where I'm sure you wish you could just hang up on that call and not take it. But it's all about growth. Right. And it's if it's your passion, if it's what you want to do. And as as long as you have the vision or goal or you're growing towards the direction of more delegation of growing the employees. Right. Because it's not sustainable to do it 24 seven for the rest of your life. Um, that would take, I think a very unique person, but as long yeah, like you're saying it, it will be worth it. And why does it have to be turned? Like, does that have to be a bad thing that it's hard to turn off? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have to be like, if it's really what you want to do, it, that can be a good thing. Like you're, you're growing your business. You're working hard at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And customer service is always like super important to us. So I yeah. think you could like, turn off the chat and say, we're only going to respond during the week. I mean, we've talked about, you know, setting more boundaries, like things like that, but you know, we want to be able to be reachable to our customers and help them out. I mean, if someone's Mm -hmm. trying to order and they're having trouble, you know, getting a coupon code to work, we don't want to have to be like, Oh, we'll get back to you in two or three business days. We want them to be able to, you know, place their order. Obviously it's good for us if they're able to place their order, but we also just don't want to be a pain. Yeah. It's decisions you're, you're making to be a unique, innovative customer first business. And I think as long as you understand not even the sacrifices, but kind of the implications of making that decision of, yeah, you have to take a phone call or answer a chat on the weekend. And if you're okay with that, because you know, the benefit, then that's okay. Like that's, that's a great decision then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. The whole like work-life balance topic, I always go back and forth on of so for having the balance and being able to turn it off, but then if it's what you want to do, why do you have to turn it off? I don't know. It's it's a very complicated conversation that I don't think anyone's truly uh, solved yet. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, wanting to to dive into the future of Tuckins, we touched on some of this throughout our conversation, but where are you hoping to take the business? Any, you know, future milestones, goals for Tuckins that that you want to share? Yeah, so currently our plans, uh, well, to backtrack a little bit, 
the last like three, four months of the year are always the really are the biggest months for us. We do these two really huge public events um, in Philly and then online sales and events, everything really pick up. So ideally, we're going to finish out the year really strong. And then we are hopefully in the process of closing on our own kitchen with some of that automation equipment. So ideally, come 2023, probably right away, we'll probably be able to double, if not triple our production. And then really just kind of expand into all those sales channels that we have been able to tap into uh, pretty much strictly from an inventory perspective. You know, we, we actually banned the phrase good problem to have in our, in our partner <laughs> meetings. But every person I talk to tells me that. And, and the fact of the matter, it, it is true. It's just a problem when you're the partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's that's our plans right now. And, and hopefully we're only... I mean, it's already mid-August, which is hard to believe. So we're only, what, five months away from from that? Yeah, but there's, like, some exciting stuff, like designing new packaging, and Mm. we're designing, like, a wholesale display. So just a lot of fun new steps like that that we're Mm -hmm. hoping to take that are just starting to look very real right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. That's that's excellent. I I always say I just look forward to seeing the growth and where you guys take the business and just continuing to follow your journey. And thank you for sharing uh, your journey thus far on on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Well, the last question I end every episode with is, and I'd love to hear from both of you, is just in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment so far? So it can be related to tuck-ins or maybe it's a completely different topic that we didn't even touch upon, but just so far... First thing that comes to mind, what is your proudest accomplishment? Um, yeah, so I actually just graduated uh, with my undergrad this past June, uh, nice. and I'm going right into my MBA for a year at the same school. But my proudest accomplishment is being able to graduate school and work for myself. Because I know Dan had to go into the corporate world for a little bit after school, <laughs> doing seconds full time. So. I'm glad that I'm able to just go right into working for myself. Um, and then for me, I, I think it's being the, just being the, the co-founder and CEO of a company that's lasted five years through the pandemic. And we actually just hit a milestone. We just hit a million dollars in lifetime sales. Wow, which, congrats. I mean, I never would have thought I would be in this position, especially selling inside out s'mores we often <laughs> we often kind of forget that we sell like a candy product because yeah. we're so involved in the business and we step back and we get our product i'm like oh yeah this is just a delicious fun treat yeah <laughs> this is great it's actually really really good product <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, that's excellent. Well, congratulations to you both. I mean, just incredible success so far and also just so early and on in your lives too. So like I said, really looking forward to just following both of your journeys and see where you go with Tuckins and with any other, you know, businesses that that you get into. But before we sign off, where can people find you and Tuckins social media website? Where can they purchase them? Shout everything out. Yeah. So our website is Tuckins.com. So that's Tuck dash ins.com uh and then we're on instagram it's tuck dot ins.com mm-hmm. we're on facebook tiktok is the same as uh the instagram twitter is tuck underscore ins mm-hmm. uh pinterest linkedin we're on pretty much everything let's go find all the social media stuff on our website yeah yeah <laughs> Perfect. And and to purchase is just going to your, to your website. Is that correct? 
right to yes. the website or if you're going to be in the philly area our next public event is going to be the eastern state uh penitentiary they do a a haunted house well haunted prison Ooh. i guess is a better yeah. way to put it yeah. for like an entire month it's crazy it's it's a big deal they have i don't know probably seventy thousand people come through wow wow Wow. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I hope everyone checks you out, whether it's online or or in person. And thank you again so much, Maddie and Dan, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you.